0: Turn with me tonight to the book of Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes, if you find Psalms and Proverbs, then you'll come to Ecclesiastes, tucked in between Proverbs and Song of Solomon. I want to read from chapter 11. of course, from the Authorized Version. Let's hear the Word of God. Cast thy bread upon the waters, for thou shalt find it after many days. Give a portion to seven and also to eight, for thou knowest not what evil shall be upon the earth. If the clouds be full of rain, they empty themselves upon the earth. And if the tree fall toward the south Or toward the north In the place where the tree falleth There it shall be He that observeth the wind shall not sow And he that regardeth the cloud shall not reap As thou knowest not what is the way of the Spirit Nor how the bones do grow in the womb of her that is with child Even so thou knowest not the works of God who maketh all. In the morning sow thy seed, and in the evening withhold not thine hand, for thou knowest not whether thou knowest not whether shall prosper, either this or that, or whether they shall both be alike good. Truly the light is sweet, and a pleasant thing it is for the eyes to behold the sun. But if a man live many years and rejoice in them all, Yet let him remember the days of darkness, for they shall be many. All that cometh is vanity. Rejoice, O young man, in thy youth, and let thine heart cheer thee in the days of thy youth, and walk in the ways of thine heart, and in the sight of thine eyes. But know thou that for all these things God will bring thee into judgment. Therefore remove sorrow from thine heart, and put away evil from thy flesh. For childhood and youth are vanity Amen, we know the Lord will stamp with his own approval and blessing This reading of his own precious and infallible word Now my text tonight is found in Ecclesiastes chapter 11 verses 9 and 10 It reads as follows Rejoice, O young man, in thy youth And let thine heart cheer thee in the days of thy youth And walk in the ways of thine heart and in the sight of thine eyes. But know thou that for all of these things God will bring thee into judgment. Therefore remove sorrow from thine heart and put away evil from thy flesh. For childhood and youth are vanity. Now I've entitled this message, The Way, The Wickedness, and The Warning to Today's Youth. Now these words come from the pen of King Solomon under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. He's addressing the young people in his day and generation. He's an old man now. He's looking back in life. And he wants to give some excellent and good advice to the young people of his time. And just like then, it is now. Young people are the target of lots of advice. You see, those that give advice to young people are not just providing information. But they're providing information, the sharing of that information, that will direct the footsteps of the young people and shape their opinion, their lifestyle, for years to come. Now you see, Solomon is old enough and wise enough to be able to put forward very, very sound advice. Apart from the Lord Jesus, he is the wisest man who ever lived. And I have no doubt that King Solomon is one of the greatest and the wisest kings that ever sat on the throne of Israel. And as a king, especially in his middle years, he had set his heart for a time on pleasures, the pleasures of this world. So for a time in this life, he he enjoyed what we call the, the things of the world. He threw caution to the wind and his love for the things of the world uh, he, he had set his heart on, and he tells us about that in Ecclesiastes chapter 2. He also set his heart on prosperity. He had mastered great fortune. We could describe Solomon as a, a multi-billionaire. I would love to have been related to King Solomon. I'm sure you would as well. Solomon and gold is synonymous. The late Ernie Patterson used to say to me, how much gold had Solomon in the temple, David? And of course. David didn't know but he had a lot Solomon you see was in a league of his own We could say well if It's true by far the richest Monarch that ever lived Did you know he also studied Philosophy he dealt into the Origins of life its purpose Its progress Its plan He also strove to be popular He aspired to be famous He, he wanted applause He wanted accolades He wanted acceptance Remember, the Queen of Sheba came, and she said, speaking of Solomon, the half hasn't been told. If you study the life of Solomon, he was a very wise, great, but also a complex man. Maybe we could say a man full of contradictions. Now, near the end of his life, after seeking out these pleasures after setting his heart to amass a huge fortune, after studying philosophy, after becoming famous and popular so that all over the world people knew who he was, what was his conclusion? Listen to his conclusion. Ecclesiastes chapter 1, the words of the preacher, the son of David, king in Jerusalem, Vanity of vanities saith the preacher. Vanity of vanities, all is vanity. Listen to chapter 2 verse 1, I said in mine heart, Go to now, I will prove thee with mirth, therefore enjoy pleasure, and behold, this also is vanity. Chapter 2 and verse 11, he says, Then I looked in all the works that my hands had wrought, and in the labor that I had labored to do, and behold, all was vanity, and vexation of spirit, and there was no profit under the sun. You see, in the advancement of his years, Solomon realized this world, despite all that it offers, despite the fame and fortune that comes with amassing gold, uh, despite having a name for popularity, that that doesn't hold the answers to life. You see, a life lived without God is empty. It's vain. You, You will live a life of regret, a life of wasted years. And now near the end of his days As an old man looking back He's offering the soundest I believe the most sincerest Best advice to young people As I've said I believe it was sincere Sincere I believe it was very succinct He's being clear He's being precise This is wise and excellent advice It stands in contrast to a lot of advice that's bad and sinful that people try to put into the heads and minds of the young people today. I want you to think of three things in our text. The way of today's youth. Look at the verse 9. Rejoice, O young man, in thy youth, and let thine heart cheer thee in the days of thy youth. Now we're going to pause there. What is the top of the list? For this best and excellent advice that Solomon's given to the young people. It's this Rejoice, O young man, in thy youth. Now, many commentators take the view that Solomon, as a preacher, is speaking ironically. In other words, it's not literal. He's being a bit sarcastic. In fact, he doesn't mean rejoice at all, he means regret. he's he's speaking about the opposite. That he's dealing with young people, this is the commentator's view, young people living in their sin, loving sin, laughing at sin, and that he's telling them, one day you're going to die, one day you're going to drop off the face of the earth, and if you die in your sins, you'll land yourself in this awful place called hell. Now I have no doubt that that's a part of solomon's message but not at the start of his sound advice you see there's 69 references to youth in the bible three of them are found here in these verses verses 9 10 and also chapter 12 verse 1. three commands and i want you to feel the force of these commands in the hebrew rejoice o young man in thy youth And then he says in verse 10, remove sorrow from thine heart and put away evil from thy flesh. So there's something to rejoice in. There's something to remove. And look at verse 12 remember now thy Creator in the days of thy youth. There's something to remember. You see, Solomon, I believe, is being literal. He's not being ironic or sarcastic. Solomon is speaking directly, openly, plainly to the youth of his day and ours. It's like a children's sermon. He's telling the youth to rejoice in childhood days, to rejoice in teenage years, to rejoice in twenties. He says, rejoice, oh young man. He's telling the young people to let their heart be happy, to let their heart be pleasant during the days of youth, manhood, and womanhood. During days when responsibilities are light, and young men, young women have little responsibilities. When their energy levels are high. When they have loads of time. When they have health and strength. He is literally telling the young man and woman to enjoy life in the fullest sense. Rejoice, O oh young man and thy youth. And I want to ask tonight the young people who are here and the young people who will listen to this. Do you enjoy life in the fullest sense as a young person? However, every young man and woman is also to remember that there are consequences for every action and every choice. And God will bring you into judgment for all the things that you choose to do. That is, God will judge and weigh your actions. The Lord will be the judge of whether you have enjoyed life in the fullest sense. Listen to what 1 Timothy chapter 6 verse 17 says, "Charge them that are rich in this world that they be not high-minded, nor trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God, who giveth us richly all things to enjoy." See, we will answer to God For all the rich things he has given to enjoy. We will answer to God. Whether we have enjoyed all things that he has given to enjoy. We will answer to God for not enjoying all aspects of the life that God has given us. Now what do you rejoice in as a young person? What do you love doing? What do you enjoy as you journey through life as a young man, young woman, well, you're to thank God for it. You see, God wants you to be holy, I believe that, but also God wants you to be happy. It's not just the devil in the world that makes you happy. The Lord wants you to be happy. Happy is the people whose God is the Lord. The church of Jesus Christ doesn't want you to be sad and long-faced and miserable and sorrowful all of the time. There's a time to laugh, but there's a time to cry. You see many young people are not happy Do you know that many young people Are living their life Full of depression Living their life in a state of despair And of course Some older people want young people To be miserable like themselves Did you ever hear the story of David Brainard He was a young man Now sadly he was a somber young man He he focused on himself He was shy He he would hardly speak to people He he had personal issues He, he, He focused a lot on himself And in his lifestyle. But he was told. Don't associate it with the young people. Only associate it with the old. The frail. The infirm. The grey headed ones. The males and the females. Don't associate with the young people. See not all young people are wild. Not all young people are are wicked. I, I don't believe. And I have to say this in the generation gap. I know you don't either. We love the children coming to the church. We, we love the young people of the church. We, we love all who are middle-aged and old and infirm. It's the one body of Christ. The body of Christ was never meant to be divided. And while we have children's meetings and Sunday school and while we have youth fellowship meetings and special services for the youth, remember, we're all one in Christ. And when we come together in the Sabbath, we're together as one body in Christ. So you, as a young man, Young woman, you rejoice in your bodily strength. You you can rejoice in your, your good looks. You can rejoice in your mental ability. You can rejoice in your strength. If I could sum up Solomon, he's saying, Don't waste the gift of youth. It's a delight. And you delight yourself in your youthful days. Don't despair. Don't despise your youth. It's not a crime to be young, you know. We were young ourselves. I I was once young and loved being young. But you know what? Remember this. What's the the, um, chief goal in life? Think of our catechism. Man's chief goal is to what? Man's chief goal is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. True happiness is found not in religion but in a relationship with God as creator and maker and redeemer, shepherd, bishop of the soul, and a friend. That's the way of today's youth. I believe Solomon's speaking literally. Now think of something else, very quickly. The wickedness of today's youth. You see, what is the attitude to young people to life today? What is their goal and aim? It's not to glorify God and enjoy him forever. Sadly, many, many young people live a reckless, godless, careless kind of life. That is, they live to promote sin. That they're really part of what we would describe as the godless generation. They live a life of doing what they want the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. And they do so apart from God. Or the ways of God. And many young people run after sin and and sinful pleasures. And they do so with all their heart. If I could sum it up, many young people today love sin. Isn't that tragic? They don't know the Ten Commandments. They don't teach them in school now like they used to. They certainly don't know the Lord's Prayer the Apostles' Creed. They don't know God as Creator, Maker, Provider, Sustainer. They don't know what sin is. They, They don't know what right or wrong is. Remember what the psalmist said in Psalm 10 and in the the verse 4. He said this, The wicked, through the pride of his countenance, will not seek after God. God is not in all his thoughts. In other words, they're lovers of pleasure, not lovers of God or the things of God. And the devil has a hold on them. You think of the cursing. You only have to follow some school children When they come out of school at 3 o'clock or 3.30 The blasphemy The drinking The gambling The disobedience to parents We'll add as they get into their teenage years the, The drugs The parties The sexual immorality Think of the explosion of adultery Fornication Homosexuality This transgenderism You see What are young people doing in their love for sin? They're ignoring God and his word. And today we live in a day of open sin. Brazen sin. Base sin. Where where young people are not ashamed. They no longer blush. And it's all in the name of having a good time. And all in the name of having fun. They not only love sin, but but they laugh at sin. Oh, it's not a big deal. It's funny. It's funny. You're breaking God's law. Well, that doesn't really matter. Who cares? You, you can do it and, and get away with it. See, the mindset is the fool of Satan's heart. There is no God. There is, as an italics in Psalm 14, verse 1, meaning it's an attitude of rebellion. It's not just atheism. It's, it's rebellion. No accountability. No day of judgment. They're forgetting the law of the harvest, what they sow, they reap. And one day, now listen to me carefully, you will be judged for that very same sin of your youth. Let me tell you a little story. Have you ever heard of the name of Donald Campbell? Donald Campbell worked in the docks, he worked in the coal boats. Very dirty job. Many ungodly men worked alongside him, and they were a lot older, and he professed to be a Christian. Well, of course, He was always branded a killjoy. He was told to listen up a bit. He was told to go and live and act like other young people live and act and encouraged to smoke and drink and swear and he refused to do it. One day in the tea hut when they were having a slack period or waiting on the coal ship to come in to dock, one of the men took the chalk and they wrote up on the board and this is what they wrote. A word for Donald. Rejoice, O young man, in thy youth, and let thine heart cheer thee in the days of thy youth, and walk in the ways of thine heart, and in the sight of thine eyes. And then they put a full stop. Well, Well, Donald got the message. He knew his Bible. He got up. He rubbed out the full stop. And he put in a colon. A full colon. And he added the words. But know thou that for all these things, God Will bring thee into judgment. You see, yes, God wants you to rejoice in your youth. And He wants you to be happy and have a, a wholesome life. But He also wants you to understand there's a day of judgment coming, a day of reckoning. And every sinner will stand before God and give an account of every word, every thought, and every deed. You're accountable to God, and so am I for your actions your attitudes, your your announcements. Remember Romans 14 and verse 12 saying every one of us shall give an account of himself to God. See, God knows. God sees. God records. Even the secret things. Look at um, Ecclesiastes chapter 12. Here's the conclusion, verses 13 and 14. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God. Dost thou fear God? And keep his commandments, all of them, all ten. For this is the whole duty of man. Notice verse 14. For God shall bring every work in judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. Remember in Acts chapter 17 and verse 31, I think we made reference to this a few weeks ago, speaking of the day of judgment that was coming. In Acts 17 and verse 31, the Apostle Paul said this, Because he hath appointed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness by that man whom he hath ordained, wherefore he hath given assurance unto all men, in that he raised him from the dead. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 27, And so it is appointed unto men once to die, and after this the judgment. And if you read Revelation 20, verses 11 to 15, where you've got the great white throne judgment, think of that scene. And it says, And the books were opened. The book of life. The Lamb's book of life. The book of deeds, which has your life recorded. God will not overlook your sin. <coughs> not even the sins of your youth. Remember what Job said, Job 13 and 23. How many are mine iniquities and sins? Make me to know my transgressions and my sin. Have you ever prayed that? Have you ever desired that in your heart? You see, if God knows when and the way and why and what you've done and has a a record of that, why try to imagine that God doesn't see, knows, and records? It's not cool, young people. You will not escape the judgment of God in this life. Or people can escape the courts of man, but they'll never escape the courts of their maker. Listen to this story. In the Civil War in America, there was a, a godless young man. He had a saved mother. Father was dead. And he became a, a, a captain in the United States Army, in the uh, Union Army. And every Union soldier was given a copy of the Bible whenever he enlisted. And they were encouraged to put the Bible in the breast pocket. And they were encouraged to read it. Especially when they felt sad or mad. Now this young fellow was careless, godless. He never ever took the Bible out of his pocket. He wasn't going to read it. He laughed at others who read it. But one day he was out in a fierce battle leading his men. And... Whenever the battle was over They were bringing the injured soldiers back to camp Carrying their dead With them He came into his tent And you know what he discovered A musket ball had shot him right through The pocket of his uniform And what had saved him Was the pocket bible This is a true story And he took it out and where had the ball stopped If you felt the imprint of the musket ball On the pages of the scriptures Where did it stop amazingly it stopped at ecclesiastes chapter 11 verses 9 and 10 and the lord used that to speak to that young man and he come to saving faith in christ you see how many young people don't care what their parents say don't care what the preacher says oh that's the free church hellfire and damnation stuff they don't care what the lord says in his word The mindset is, I I live as I please. I do as I want. I'll do what's right in my own eyes. But I want to warn you. And I want you to listen to me now. And it's this sin will take you further than you want to go. Sin will cost you more than you want to pay. And sin will keep you longer than you want to stay. It'll do three things it'll destroy your body, it'll dull your mind. And I'll damn your soul. Do you know that there was a General Harrison, and he became the president of the United States of America, and they were having a honorary dinner for him, and they were toasting. And of course, when he was making the toast, he was using, like me, a glass of water. And one of the speakers was embarrassed, and he got up and re- and rebuked the pre- president. And he said, I wonder could the president have a, a toast with, with real alcohol. And this is what General Harrison, who had just become the president, said. I made a promise and a pledge years ago as a young man to avoid strong drink. When I went to school, through university, I had 16 friends, all classmates of mine, all the best of buddies, and each one of them, they're all dead. They died as an alcoholic. And I made an early restitution not to take alcohol. And you, man, want me to break it now. And of course, there was silence in the room. Remember what we read there in the book of James, in James chapter 1 and verse 15. This was what James said. Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Young man, there's a day of accountability. There's a day of reckoning coming. You'll not avoid it. You won't escape. There'll be no errors. This is not a dream. This is not a theory. This is not something that's advanced by the church. Here's a warning to today's youth. But know thy that for all these things, even in the happiness and enjoyment of life, God will bring thee into judgment. Now there's a third thing, and we're almost finished. There's a word for today's youth. Let me press this home. Look at verse 10. Therefore, the word therefore means in light of. And what is he speaking about? Remove sorrow from thine heart. You see, here's a strong appeal. It's tied into the necessity of true and genuine repentance. Sin brings sorrow, sin breeds pain. It brings woe and trouble and heartache. You think of the, the guilt of sin and how it impacts in the life. And there's many thousands tonight throughout the country, young people. And, and, and they've got the silence of unconfessed sin. And it's impacted upon their heart and their mind and their body. Remember what the psalmist said in his backslidden state? I thought I might have preached in this tonight but declined against it. This is what he said when I kept silence. Are you keeping silence because of unconfessed sin? My bones waxed old through my roaring all the day long. For day and night thy hand was heavy upon me. My moisture is turned into the drought of summer. Selah, think about that. You see, David was affected physically, mentally, emotionally, psychologically because of his sinful choices and action with Bathsheba. Also, here, if you look at verse 10, therefore remove sorrow from thine heart. And there's a second thing, and put away evil from thy flesh. Don't harbor or hold on to sin. Don't hanker after sin. Don't be stubborn. Don't be rebellious and wicked. Remember, sin will destroy the body. It's dulling your mind. It will damn your soul. Don't imagine if you continue in sin all will be well. Because it won't. Sin offends God. Remember what the prophet said in Isaiah chapter 55 and verses 7 and 8. He made that remarkable statement. He said, let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts and let him return unto the Lord. And he will have mercy upon him and to our God, for He will abundantly pardon, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways, neither are your ways, my ways, saith the Lord." The Lord Jesus said in Mark 1:15, "Repent ye and believe the gospel." You see, true repentance has been truly sorry for sin, but that being truly sorry means a turning from it. You see, as I finish tonight, there's a word that's urgent. if you think of the words. Childhood and youth are vanity He's emphasizing this Repent while you're young Before your heart and life is hardened by sin Before you hanker after sin Before you harbor sin in your heart and mind Do you know Andrew Bonner? You you don't know him He was a great Scottish preacher And he had 253 people in the congregation one time And he asked everyone to put their hand up When they were saved 138 testified to get saved before they were 20. 85 said they were saved before they were 20 and 30, or in between that. 22 confessed to being saved between the age of 30 and 40. Only eight after they were forty. You ponder the figures. There's a word that's urgent. Youth and childhood. Have you turned from your sin and put your faith and trust in Christ? There's a word that's sincere, removes sorrow. From your heart, put away evil from thy flesh. Being truly sorry enough to quit. It's the soul's divorce. It's, it's a turning to God. It's a repentance toward God. You see, sorry is not enough. You see, even if Frank Aiken, the, the man that led the IRA a hundred years ago to Alt and murdered those seven people, and and, and others were affected through injury even if he stood up in Parliament in the Irish Street State and said, I'm sorry, it wasn't enough. Because being sorry is not true repentance. It's only expressing how you feel. You have to remove sorrow. You have to put away the evil. There's a word that's personal. Notice the words, thy heart, thy flesh. You're personal responsible. Not your parents, not the preacher, not the elders. It's, it's good that you have saved parents. It's good that you have a saved minister. It's good that you have saved elders. And it's great that they're walking with God and trusting in Christ and have a testimony. But it's personal to you. A word that's personal. And I want to say this in finishing. A word that's opportunistic. You see, the time is nigh. In childhood and youth. That's his counsel. Before sin hardens your heart, before you lose your ability to think and ponder, before you slip over the deadline, which you don't know that God has said, but before you lose your soul. Queen Victoria was having a birthday party. There was a man there who was also celebrating his 80th birthday. He was a friend of Queen Victoria. And they asked him just for a few thoughts. And one of them said, well, what's your advice to the young people? Give us the secret of your life. And you know what he said at 80 years of age? When I was 15 years of age, I put my faith and trust in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And I say to you young people tonight, you make sure that you have a clear-cut testimony to the saving And keeping power of Christ. Here's a word for today's youth. Remove sorrow from your heart. Put away the evil from thy flesh. Why? For childhood and youth are vanity. A word that's urgent, a word that's sincere, personal, but a word that's opportunistic. In your days of youth and childhood, seek and find the Lord while you can. The Lord bless you tonight. Thank you for coming. Thank you for listening.